Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the In The Saddle podcast where we'll be previewing races this weekend from Ascot, Haydock and Wincanton. But before we get into them, let's introduce this week's panel. This week I'm joined by regular Izzy Phillips and also as well making her debut on the podcast is Liz Batchelor. Now um, Liz, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, you're made quite well known on Twitter, got a social media presence, uh, you like your racing, you like your sport um what attracted you to racing and um what do you like about it the most uh yeah so i've been um yeah going to to races since i was a small child and my dad used to take me um into the bookies when i was when i was younger to put on a bet and i just used to get told to sit in a corner and not to make noise um but obviously yeah just just from being young my dad was into it um and yeah just just gone along with that really so, um yeah so you kind of got hooked at an early age then and you and and kind of it's rubbed up on you and now you're just in an encyclopedia and hopefully you can uh... <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not quite sure about that part but uh yeah horse racing dog racing yeah anything that you could probably lose money on then uh then then i'll do it <laughs> fair enough we'll, we'll be coming to you hopefully where you'll be giving us some winners not losers but um no it's great Fingers to have crossed. It's great to have Liz on the podcast. And Izzy, how are you keeping? I know uh, last week you put up I Like to Move It and you had a few other seconds, didn't you? I hit the crossbar so many times last week, but we've moved on from that now. We've moved. I did have Marie's Rock, so I will just say that. I did did have Marie's Rock, um, what a little beauty she was. So, yeah, we're moving on now. I'm actually going to Ascot this week, so I'm quite looking forward to this one because I'm lining up all my bets. So just I've had my like lashes, nails done, I've painted all my toenails, so I'm all ready to go now. <laughs> just need the winners. <laughs> exactly. Well, hopefully you're going to the bank to get some money. Absolutely. Cool. So let's get into it then. So we're going to be previewing the four races from Ascot that are going to be on ITV. And the first one of them is the 150. It's the Bato London Reynolds Town Novices Chase. It's a grade two. And does he know is the current favourite at nine to four? And then we've got Annual Invictors next in and betting at 10-3. Coach Rambler for Lucinda Russell at 7-2. Dwayne Breed at 9-2. And the rest are bigger. We'll come to Liz uh, first on this one. I thought this looks a little bit of a trappy race. A few you can give a chance to. But who did you like in this one? Um, I've gone with a favourite of Does He Know. Um, he's obviously won two of his last three starts over fences. Um he was last seen as a runner-up at Cheltenham um, as a beaten favourite, um, but he was behind a horse that was completing a full-timer. Um, he, yeah, he's not the most fluent of jumpers, um, but yeah, he still won two of three. Um, so, yeah, he he beat, he's beaten, obviously, Paul Nichols' three under through five. That was in October, and obviously the tables were turned um, last time out in November. Um, but three, three under three, five has, has gone on to one easily twice after that race. Um, but the, and the only slight concern that I have got though with Dizzy No is, is maybe the ground. Um, he, it's going to be soft, I think, at Ascot on Saturday. Um, and that's my only concern. Um, but yeah, I, I've gone for Dizzy No. Yeah, you're definitely right there. The ground, Dizzy No, his best form has come to come on the better ground. So if it, 
is going to really get into the ground, the rain, and soften it up. It might just go against him. But uh, Izzy, do we think, Do you, does he know, is the the right favourite here? Yeah, I mean, I think Liz has made a really key point here as well with the ground. Obviously, I keep an eye on the weather because I'm fully prepared to be a drowned rat at Ascot. It does look like there's quite a bit of rain forecast. Um, so, does he know has clearly the best form, like Liz said, that, that flip-flop form with three under three five is is the probably the best bit of form on offer here. I mean, Annual Invictus has some form with Torn and Frayed, um, but obviously does he know seems a lot better. I think obviously just looking at it, it's quite a short price. Um, so I had a little look at Jay Freud, who had a really decent season last season, to be honest with you. And I think he seems quite a big price. I mean, obviously he's sort of stepping out of handicap company. Um but he came second in one of the big handicaps on the Grand National Day at Aintree. And he could just be one that might go well a, a bit of an each way. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. I don't know what we're looking at. Only six runners, so it's probably not the best. But maybe a bit of a forecast, I don't know. He just, he just seems like he might run better than his price suggests. Yeah, the yard have come back into a little bit of form. I think Laura Morgan's horses, sometimes they can be either really hit or miss when the market, when sometimes when the money's down for them, they don't quite deliver. I think they're quite a shrewd operation, but um, it's interesting that they're pitching him in here. Maybe, maybe these there could be one for a handicap or something down the line, but maybe this could just put his rating up. But I thought Doyen Breed was an interesting one for Sandy Thompson, personally. He should like the ground. Sandy wouldn't send too many down to Ascot. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got... You, he, he's one of those horses that's come through the handicaps and it's definitely worth a go at this graded level. He's got form as well with the aforementioned three under through five. It's kind of uh, one of those two winning. Does he know or doing breed? Obviously, definitely boost his form. Yeah, it's quite a trappy race, but personally myself, I probably wouldn't have a bet. But um, yeah, I think it's maybe just one to, to sit back from per- personally and uh, just maybe take some notes. But does he know um, for Liz and Izzy, and also as well, Izzy wouldn't put you off on Jeffroy. Okay, we move on to the next race, which is the 225. It's the Great British Stallion Showcase Swinney Chase. It's a lim- limited handicap listed contest. And Fiddler on the Roof seems to be all the rage here. He's currently 9-4. He's going to be carrying the top weight. Obviously, he's got the Cheltenham Gold Cup entry. Finished second last time behind Cloudy Get Glenn in the Labrooks. Um, I heard Colin Tizard as well licking his lips about the prospects of running him in the Grand National uh, early in the week off 155. So, interesting horse. Uh, does he win this, is he? I mean, he has the best form and the Tizards are coming back into some decent form now, actually. Um, if it does get quite soft, I mean, I think that's quite a lot of weight to carry, um, which is the only thing that's putting me off. I think... I actually looked at quite a decent price and he was second here last time to Cat Tiger. I like Kobo Lobo. He was only beaten a nose under a mad drive by Maxwell. Um, but I think, you know, he made, if you actually watch the race back, he made all the running and I think he'll quite like this. And, um, you know, he, that was soft ground then as well. Um Ask me early is obviously quite fancied as well, and I just do not understand that for the life of me. I mean, I actually had to look at some of the races. The last race he actually won, there was no other finishers. So you've got to wonder how just how good they actually were in terms of that quality of race. And then one of the victories that he had before was against one of the niches that hadn't had his nose in front since 2018. So I'm not sold on the form of Ask Me Early. Um, so, yeah, for me, I think... 
Fiddler on the Roof is quite a worthy favourite, but a little bit concerned about the weight. So I think I'll probably end up doing Kobo Lobo. Mm, interesting alternative there from Izzy. I should mention as well, ask me earlier, I think he's in at Wynn Canton possibly at the weekend as well. So maybe hold hold fire there to see where he goes. But he's currently three to one at the moment. Um, Liz, how are you seeing this one? I've actually gone for Ask Me Early. <laughs> um, but so he's he's won he's won five of his of his last eight starts, and he's three from four. Um, and and his his only defeat coming when he was pulled up at Sandown kind of last year. Um, he's had a wind up after last season, um, and, and he was he was given uh, two two spins over hurdles, um, and he won both of those. Um, and I, and I know that he was the only runner to finish. Um, the others are, are either, I think, one fell at the last. Um, but I, I think he, he probably would have won anyway um, if those horses were standing. Um, I think, yeah, he's followed the same campaign uh, last season when he had two starts over hurdles before winning his first um, of the campaign of fences at start three. But, yeah, I've, I've gone for Ask Me Early. Hmm, interesting there. He's definitely a horse I think I've got on my radar. I think he's going to win a nice pot this season. Maybe if he didn't win this, maybe he could be one for the Midlands National at Utoxter. Uh, yeah, he's he's obviously only carrying at 10 stone 8. Um, and he's and he's won from um, good to soft all the way up to heavy. Yeah, well, Fiddler on the Roof obviously being in the top weight is helping a lot of these horses carrying mm-hmm. low weights off their back. So, yeah, I think the race is really going to revolve around Fiddler. But um, if you want to take him on, there's quite a few, I think, with a chance and the one I was quite drawn to he's quite quite a big price I'm not sure if he'll win but he always seems to run his heart out at Ascot is Regal Encore I couldn't believe he's 16 to 1 he's somehow been dropped now to a mark of 140 he got 6 pounds for his um, he's been dropped 6 pounds for his last run okay yes he was beaten out of sight but he goes well he, he actually finished third uh, over this course and distance back in October off a 9 pound higher mark he's won this race in the past I just think he's massively overpriced he won't mind conditions if it gets testing he get, he's returning after a wind up yes he's 14 but you know he, he just might be able to uh, run well and I'm sure there'll be a couple of extra places on the day maybe four 16 to 1 I thought he was maybe worth an each way squeak so yeah variety of opinion there ask me early for Liz I quite like chances of Regal Encore and Izzy was quite keen on the chances of Coda Lobo we then go to another race on the card. It's the three o'clock. It's the Dingley's Promise Handicap Hurdle. And Good Risk at All um, has been knocking on the door. And he now comes into Handicap Company off a mark of 127. Uh, I thought he was a bit short. It's jumping isn't the best, but um, he definitely has some good form next to his name. But I thought he was a tad short. Um, what did you think on this one, Liz? Did, did you think he was a bit short? I, yeah, I I do. So he's obviously come third. He's come second three times, and um, yeah, I, he obviously just doesn't. He always stays on, but he doesn't manage to get his head in front. Um, but I I think he is quite. I've I've gone with him, um, for this race. But yeah, um, I think he is quite a short price for, for what he is. Um, but yeah, he just I, I don't know. He just keeps he tendency to wander in his last race, a bit awkward. Um, so I don't know, he just might need to concentrate a bit more. But uh, yeah, I've, I've gone with him as as the selection. Um, but yeah. Yeah, 
he, I think he needs quite a few things to fall right for him. He's not the most straightforward of horses, but there's definitely some talent there. And I think he probably is maybe well handicapped, but for me, he's just got to brush up that jumping. Um, but uh, we'll see how he how he fares here. Um, Izzy, how are you seeing this one? Were, were you in agreement with Liz uh, with good risk at all? Yeah, I mean, I know it's a little bit boring as well, but I just couldn't see any other angle. I think um, the form, obviously, with John Bon, and then as well, you've got, um, obviously, I picked him last week. I like to move it, and he stayed on well. He's beat, I like to move it before, so there's a good bit of form there. Um, he's just been running in better company than this, and I just think, I just think that, that it's, probably time like you say he's, he's had a run of seconds and this could be the one to break it maybe um my only other angle just because i was getting bored of like favorites favorites all day long so i had a little look i was quite surprised to see um at the top of the form book was um easy's land um and i was like 33 to 1 just seems an absolute massive price so he's back down in trip i just thought he was a bit of an interesting runner um he has been successful at these shorter distances in france um, and I just wonder whether that might bring a little bit of least new lease of life back into him. I just think at thirty-three to one, it's not a bad shout. Hmm, interesting. Maybe this could be a trial for something. I think he is going for the cross country, but maybe they've got handicaps maybe at the back of their mind. But um, yeah, he is an interesting contender. I I thought um, uh, Toby Law's runner Zaccone Rebel was interesting. Uh, he has been nibbled in the betting at the time recording he won last time at Ludlow and he couldn't have done any more he had to give away double penalty um in that race he had to give away quite a lot of weight away and I just thought the way he did it was quite impressive now um obviously he's got the same rating as got good risk at all but I I just thought there was lots to like about that win at Ludlow last time out okay it wasn't the strongest of races but I, I just think he's been a bit underrated here in the market and I know Toby Laws does think the world of him I remember him being uh, interviewed on racing TV after and he was quite excited about his prospects moving forward so yeah Zaccone Rebel maybe one to uh, keep an eye on in the market see if his price contracts but um, yeah Izzy and uh, Liz then quite keen on the favourite good risk at all is he finally going to get his head in front and also as well I mentioned for Easy's Land from Izzy we then go to the feature race of the weekend it's the 338 Betfair Ascot Chase it's a grade one contest and Fakir Duderiz is your current favourite nine to four Fanny and Destravel is in at nine to two Mr Fisher as well is nine to two so is St Calvados and Dashel Drescher is 11-2, and bigger are the rest. Um, Izzy, Fakir Duderi, an interesting runner. If the ground does get more testing, do you think he's maybe a little bit vulnerable at uh, the prices? Um, well, this is the thing. is Obviously, Fakir Duderi, he's got the Irish Raider, and he's run against some of the best Irish horses that there are. But I just, I don't know. Like you say, he's probably going to like it if the... Um, probably going to like it if the ground gets like, a little bit softer. I mean, he's won at Clonmel on soft heavy before. I think the, I think the ground's going to have a very, very big say in this because this is one of the later races on the card as well. So if it rains all day and that really kicks up, that could be quite boggy on that rail. Um, so I do just wonder. I mean, you've got Dashiell Drasher in here, Ascot Specialist. Um, he lost his Ascot crown, though, in November last year. Um, to Lost in Translation, who's one I quite like for this, actually. I think, you know, 
I mentioned earlier the Tizards are coming into some good form and he's no mug and I just think that actually this could be right for him obviously uh, last time we saw a couple of these was the the odd oddly run King George but we've I know we've sp- spoken a couple of times on the podcast about the form that seems to have come out of that um, the one that was in the race and was coming back off a very big break was St Calvados I still think St Calvados has a good run in him as well I mean I'm, I'm you can probably tell by my phrase that I'm completely torn here um Obviously, Mr. Fisher's in there, and that form's been franked by El Dorado Allen's win five days ago. There's just so much going on. I'm I'm completely torn, but I think on the day I'm probably going to end up going for Mr. Fisher. Um, just looking at that form last week of El Dorado Allen, um, that that's where I come down. But yeah, Fakir Dudri is obviously in massive danger. But I'd like to see just just to be patriotic, I'd like to see um, a British trained winner for this one. <laughs> yeah, well. Well, there's only one I or one or one Irish trained horse, so hopefully we we should find uh, get get our heads in front in this one. I, I quite like Saint Calvados. I thought he was a bit overpriced here. He's actually drifted out in the bet, which is a bit concerning. But Nichols, their mm-hmm. horses are running maybe a little bit better now. They had a winner today at Leicester. They had another horse that flew up the hill at Sandown uh, in the last race. I, I do think they're just starting to turn a corner now, and I think he's more effective over this trip, Saint Calvados. So. He'd be the way I play. How did you see this one, Liz? Um, did you like Fakir? Uh, yes, I do. But I sometimes in races like this with kind of big named horses, sometimes my very rarely does my heart win over my head. Um, and for that reason, I've, I've gone with my heart in this one for Dasher Drasher. He's he's won me a fair bit of money in the past, um, if I'm honest. But um, and he he obviously always he always tries to go from the front um and, and in soft ground if, if that's his tactics uh, on saturday uh then I, then i think that that might do him well obviously he won the race last year um and yeah his his last six races he's had four first one second one third um he likes it when it's when it's soft and he's, he's a bit of a battler um so when they try and overtake him he, he tries to stick his head down and carry on um, but that's probably the reason, yeah, I've gone, gone for Dashiell. Yeah, you know, if it gets to a fight up the home straight, he's going to be giving it as all. He likes to get down and dirty. And yeah, I think um, yeah, I think he's going to be there or thereabouts. It's just if there's something travelling maybe a little bit stronger than him, isn't it? Um, but he's no doubt going to, I think, go quite a place in this. So Dashiell Drasher is for Liz. I'm just going to give slight preference for St. Calvados. And uh, is he just going for Mr. Fisher? So we're all quite keen there to maybe take on Fakir. But uh, yeah, it's definitely going to be an interesting watch. We're then going to now focus our attentions to Haydock, where they've got some decent action. And the race we're going to look there first is a 205. It's the William Hill Rendlesham uh, Hurdle. It's a grade two, one of the last uh, big uh, potential clues for the stairs hurdle. Thomas Darby's been put in as your current favourite. He's 74. Molly Dolly's Wishes, one of Izzy's favourite horses, is next in the betting. And then we've got Third Wind at 9-2, looking to defend his crown. And Top Real Ben as well, that bounced back to form last time at Lingfield. I'll come to you here, Liz, on this one. Uh, I thought Thomas Darby was maybe a little bit short. Uh, what did you think? Um, yeah, yes, it's probably in the same vein as... Um, as, as uh good risk at all um really but um yeah i i've gone with thomas darby 
Um, he's currently, I think he's currently seven to four. Uh, when I looked earlier, um, he he's obviously he's he's come fourth behind when Champ Time Hill Paisley Park. He was he was chucked in with that lot at Ascot last time uh, in December, um, and he won a Grade Two at Newbury before that. Um, he was in front of on the blind side in Paisley Park. Funnily enough, um, I think he'll like the ground. Um, like you said, I think it could be heavy. Um, so that's the reason why, yeah, I've gone with Thomas Darby. Okay, Liz is quite hopeful and the favourite, maybe one to put in the multiples. Um, how about you, Izzy? Do you agree with Liz, another favourite again? I mean, Thomas Darby's got some fantastic form, like you say, of Paisley Park, fourth in the long walk. Um, so I think it's the odds on moment of the whole podcast isn't it for me to go for molly ollie's wishes <laughs> yeah i think so that was the nap this week <laughs> um i know we were trying to have a nap weren't we in that in the race the other week with marie's rock but um molly ollie's wasn't entered so obviously saved her for this so i think that you know she did a lot to reel in um western victory last time and that took i think you know obviously maybe a little bit of petrol and then my sister sarah was just coming back on the running and you know i feel like molly ollie's still got the job done quite handily so i i quite like i quite like her here um she's she's got form over this distance and i and i think she'll enjoy it i'm just gonna make one other little case for another horse who we wouldn't know necessarily that he's one of my favourites but you probably would just guess by the jockey and trainer to be honest with yeah. you is Holstone 455 days off the track um, but has has gone well fresh previously I mean obviously the last time we saw him was um, when he fell at Haydock in November in 2020 but he could I mean obviously 8 to 1 I don't know it's probably about reasonable level of price but i will probably have a little saver on holstone because if he comes out after 455 days and gets a win and i'm not on him i'll be kicking myself so molly ollie's for me all the way with the win and then i think i'll do a little a sentimental on holstone but i'm hoping it's not going to be i'd like this to be the resurgence of holstone at 11 years young yeah well who knows maybe he's one for a reverse forecast and if you didn't back the reverse forecast i think you'd kick yourself wouldn't you so yeah. yeah exactly you know Holstone he is an interesting horse maybe never been quite up to the top level but he can go well fresh uh you know and this does this does have a trappy look to it in my opinion Molly's Ollie's as well gets the seven pounds as well and it's uh it wouldn't be the first time Dan Skelton has had a uh, mare uh overstaying trips against the boys and didn't seem to good effect obviously with Roxana the last couple of years um, and yeah, Molly Jolly's could could go well. I thought it was quite trappy. I thought Third Wind had a good chance, but maybe um, he he needs to step forward from his last run at work. But yeah, I thought this was quite trappy. So, um, Chris, have you seen the strike rate? The trainer strike rate two from, from three. Yeah, they were two odds on favourites, I think. <laughs> Absolute madness! I had a little look at Third Wind myself because obviously he's won this last year, but I couldn't believe that strike rate. Yeah, two from three. No one's- no one's putting you off. <laughs> yeah, well, he, he had, wasn't it Miss Fairfax the other day when at Cataract, but she was an odds on good thing. And I think he had an, an, another similar type. So, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe to be fair, I wouldn't, I would, if he's off 144 for a race like the Potemps, where he, he's finished fourth in it before for Mark of 141, he 
he's already qualified. I, I, that's where I would be saving my powder for, um, may, maybe. But um, yeah, who knows? But third wind, yeah, he might be just my slight preference. So yeah, back to the selections again. Liz likes Thomas Darby. I'll just give a mention then for third wind. Dizzy put me to to go over that one, and then um, the reverse forecast for Molly Zolly's wishes and Holstone. Uh, from from Izzy, um, <laughs> we then move on to the other race we're going to look at. at Haydock, it's the two forty. It's the William Hill Grand National Trial Handicap Chase, and Secret Reprieve is looking to bounce back to form uh, for Adam Wedge and Evan Williams. He's currently eleven to four. Sam Brown is next in the betting. Uh, that form behind Royal Pagar looks pretty decent. Ongar um, for Dr. Richard Newland is next in at 6-1. to one. Black Lion going for a hat-trick of wins over this course and distance. He's 13-2. to two. Bristol de May, 7-1. Uh, to one. Um, And bigger other rest. Now, Izzy, are we going for Bristol de May here? I mean, I'm obviously going to have a punt on Bristol's. It's the Silver King of Haydock, back at Haydock. Um, I'm not... I'm not entirely sold that he's enjoying these more more marathon distances, to be honest with you. I, I don't know. I think just over three miles probably seems to be his sort of limit. He doesn't seem to enjoy it. But if you've got that heavy ground, but then again, he had that heavy ground um, last time out at Lingfield, and it was a better run from him. But, yeah, pulled up at Haydock when it was good to soft so you never know that there could be quite a few things that go in his favor I think that I'll be on him either way but the one that I actually quite like the look of um just purely on on stamina is and card because I think he showed really good stamina in beating remastered at Haydock last time and again you know over Haydock perhaps a little bit of a course specialist um and I don't think he's going to find this little bit of extra distance any issue at all I, and you know, you look at the ground of some of his wins, it's soft, heavy in places, shouldn't find the shouldn't find the ground an issue either. So that's where I think my stronger fancy is, actually, if I'm honest. Mm, interesting there then from Izzy. Ongar, he's definitely a horse going on the right trajectory trajectory, even if I can say it correctly. Um definitely going in the in the right direction. Um one three seven as well could still potentially look quite workable, could still have a few pounds to play with. And yeah, I th- I thought he was quite an interesting contender. Uh, how about you in this one, Liz? Um where where did your pin land? I've gone with the same with Izzy with with Onkapada. Um I think he um he won fairly comfortably last time out. Um, he's obviously, as we we were talking about earlier, this is likely to be heavy ground. You probably want to carry a bit of a lower weight. Um, so he is ten stone four. Um, but yeah, I I thought that um, I thought he he ran well last time, and like as he said, uh, a couple of furlongs extra. I, I think he could probably um, he could probably do it. Yeah, okay then. So we're all in agreement. Onkar could run well. And I'll give a positive mention too for um, for uh, Minute Condition, who I think could maybe run well at a price, but might just stretch his stamina. But yeah, interesting uh, thoughts there from the guys. We're then going to go then to the last race we're going to look at, it, which is at Wincanton. It's the 320 Kingwell Hurdle and Goshen. The Enigma is going to be running again to defend his crown. And we've also as well got the return of Adagio, um, who's not been seen since the Greatwood. Uh, this looks a match to me on paper. Probably just side with Goshen. Would you agree with me there, Liz? I I love Goshen, but 
I discussed it. <laughs> I just, I yeah, I. She's just one of those horses, isn't he? Um, I I think I, I'm going to stick with Adagio. I think. Um, obviously, yeah, he came, he came second uh, last time out at Cheltenham, um, and he's he's yeah, that was back in November. Um, so yeah, I I love Goshen, but I I can't trust him. <laughs> so uh, that's probably why I've gone with Adagio. Okay, you just don't have the balls to go for Goshen. Don't worry, I've put my balls on the line many a time with Gosh, and I don't really, I, I normally get it wrong, and then I'm totally against him when he wins. So that that's why. So yeah, Adagio is probably the right pick. Um, how about you though, Izzy? Gosh, and do we finally believe that this is the time he can back it up? Um. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. I I'm completely with Liz here. Like I I really like Adagio. I was actually on him um, against Kulixos in the triumph um, at Cheltenham, and I was going wild. I think he had a great campaign as a four-year-old, really, really impressive. And like you say, Goshen's just a chancer. I love him. I do love him. And look, if he wins, we're all going to be like, oh, he's back. Here he goes. Off to the festival. But I just, I think where this race is concerned, especially with Adagio, I think he's just a real improver. I can see him you know, going really, really well again at the festival this year. And I, I'd like him to come out here and stamp his authority on this race. Yeah, I I, I think Adagio, I think they just want to give him a nice prep run. I, even if he ran well in this and didn't win, I think um, maybe he might have an outside chance of running into the frame in, in champion hurdle. But I just think Goshen's just going to go to the front and do exactly what he did last year. But maybe um maybe adagio might give him more to think about so um the girls are against me uh that they both like adagio and i'm gonna side with goshen so that's it then um for the races we've just previewed uh this is the section where i sometimes ask you if you fancy anything else um we don't always fancy anything um i'll come to you first izzy izzy is there anything that you quite liked this weekend away from the action we've just been speaking about you know, I think there's actually so many races this weekend where I'm quite torn on my selections. So I haven't gone for anything else because I'm probably going to be splitting my money all over the show. Um, but yeah, so no, nothing for me this week. Fair enough. And how about you, Liz? Did you have a look at anything else or just the races we covered? Uh, just the races we've covered, to be honest. Like, as he said, this is a, yeah, a bit of a mad weekend uh, for races. Um, and obviously it's a countdown to the festival. Um, at the same time so yeah yeah i'd always say this time this is normally the weekend where i wouldn't maybe mm -hmm. trust the festival for uh form for the festival i remember i think it was the the ascot meeting just before lockdown and um a lot a lot of horses like maybe we thought enhanced their cheltenham claims but when they went on to run at the festival they all ran stinkers and look at i remember it was the when riders on the storm won and he just was never the same horse. And there was quite a couple of others in there as well. I just think this meeting can sometimes be a real grueler and it just sometimes they don't they don't get over it. But yeah, interesting uh, thoughts there uh, from Lizzie and Izzy this week. Thanks for uh, giving up their time and hopefully uh, we've given you some winners this week. But before we sign off, just a reminder to follow us on Apple, Spotify or SoundCloud, whichever 
podcast platform you listen to us on also as well if you want to follow us on the socials we're available on twitter where our handle is at in the saddle pod and we're also as well available on instagram where we've got the same name in the saddle pod so please gamble responsibly thanks again to izzy and liz and we'll be seeing you again soon (laughs) 